Aloha, everybody. This is episode 12 of Unshackled Liberty. I am Q, the abolitionist. Today is April 1st, 2020. We have a very special Ask Me Anything episode with Collapsitarian 15. This is our Collapsitarian April Fool's Day episode. Hope you enjoy. Hey, so thanks again for joining us, dude. We're we're uh, we're psyched to have you, and and I think that it's wonderful that that we're doing an April Fool's special with Collapsitarian Fifteen. How are you doing today? Fantastic! It is live in the collapse. We're in it right now. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, we are. Yeah, we are. That's good. So, um, what? So, what do you think about everything that's going on, dude? What do you how, what do you think? What do you think about all this? I, I don't know how else to ask that question. Yeah. Um. Well, it's sad. First off, it's sad. Cause it's hurting a lot of people. Yeah, it is. Yeah. And, and it's, it's hurting the wrong people. We all know that. Yep. But true. I think we had this conversation at one point where I think that I had said something about how if, if it, if it just completely eradicated everyone's life savings, but it meant that they were free from the plantation, then I still think it's worth it. I agree. Be a, be a hard start, but yeah, I, I understand that. I think, uh, you know, at the end of the day, you're, you, if, you, if you've still got your wits and your, and your capabilities and, you know, you can still make things happen. I think um, I've often considered that where at some point we're going to either have to do a hard thing or a cruel thing, right? Like, so is it better to do a hard thing now or a cruel thing later, right? When it comes to some sort of a collapse or a reset, you know? Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's, it's a, all of these things are really good questions because, I did not anticipate the collapse the way it's going. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm still not counting my chickens because it's always possible for the Fed to be able to pull some kind of unprecedented, you know, all your gold are belong to us move yeah. that can somehow manage to save the dollar somehow. I, and I, you know, they, they come up with these you know, quantitative easing infinity concepts that you or I, the reason why they're foreign to us is because we would never manage our money that way. Yeah. And because and, it's fake. <laughs> it's not real. It, right. It is artificial. Fake. Yeah. And they did a good job murdering that dollar anyway with that big uh, QE thing that they did. Was it $6 trillion or something now? Is that where they're at? Well, and the thing is, I don't think their intent was to murder the dollar. I think their intent was to rescue it because they're still following some type of neo Keynes or uh, what's the new name that they have for? It's almost like outcome-based economics. I kid you not. It's almost hmm. something that stupid, and it, it's basically like it's almost like a New Deal style of economics because I think they've realized that they have to blow the whistle on. Keynes and say, you know what, we're, we're outside the scope of Keynes. I just had a conversation with a buddy of mine who was asking me about it. And it was funny because I told him, I said, I don't remember if it was uh, Murray Rothbard or it was Ludwig von Mises, but they said, there's, there's just one good thing that we can say about Karl Marx. And that is that he wasn't a Keynesian. <laughs> yeah. Hey, so we got a question. Um, 
Lids box on Discord wants to know if you're drink if anybody's drinking from Kami Skullware today. <laughs> you know, I'm going back to my tried and true, and and I'm proving exactly how low class I am here. Um, I have this Atlas mason jar, and it's it's a replica mason jar, but it's made to look really old. And I asked my wife, I'm like, where did you get that? Because I want more of them. And she says to me, she's like, well, she's like, it came in a glass of um, um, spaghetti sauce. I was like, what? Are you kidding me? And she's like, no. She hands me the lid and it says Classico inspired Italian. And it, it's in, it's a uh, Classico inspired Italian spaghetti sauce. And I was like, well, you've got to get more. And she's like, I'm not buying that shit. That's expensive. <laughs> and so I only have like one or two of these glasses. Actually, I think I have two because one broke. Uh-oh, um, you better not break the other it, ones. It was an alcohol-related incident um, <laughs> that we had, and and it broke. And, um, you know, my friend, um, he's the one that broke it, and it's okay because the truth is is that he was trying to put out a fire because I was welding and drinking, and I started a fire um, right there at the entrance of my garage. He yanked the tarp that had caught on fire, and um, – and he didn't know that my 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 bourbon was sitting on the tarp and it hit the the driveway and broke and so I'm, i think i'm down to two of these now but he wasn't practicing so, uh operational risk management bro well operational risk management uh, it does assume a certain risk and you try true, to mitigate true. them you try to mitigate them um by using tarps that don't catch on fire Fire retardant tarps. Yes. Hey, and, and, and low class is classy, depending upon which camp or tribe you're in, you know? No, it's true. And, you know, I, I, I'm already, I'm like two sips into my bourbon now. Um, tonight, I'm having uh, some Maker's Mark uh, 46 to start things off, just simply because my taste buds are 90 days clean from alcohol. And I have to tell you, it is delicious. <laughs> you had to take a break, huh? I, yeah, I took a 90-day break. Um, I'm trying to think why. I don't even remember what the reason was. I think it was, um, it was me looking at uh, preparing for this class and saying, if I focus all my energy on preparing for this class, then I will get the most out of it. And I knew that if I um, gave up uh, drinking, that I would have a lot more focus. And so that that's probably the biggest reason why. That's good. That's good. Yeah. I think you're right about that. Yeah. So it's this weekend and I'm really looking forward to it. I can't believe that they haven't canceled our class, but yeah, that's, I, that's weird. Well, it, you know, for whatever reason, you know, this, this guy's like retired Delta first. Right. Yeah. And so if, 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 uh, if he can do all the things that he did while in Delta Force, I seriously doubt that a quarantine is going to keep him from <laughs> making a class. He's he's traveling from from Florida to Arizona, and and a bunch of us are in disbelief that he's able to do this. We don't know how he's going to do it because I heard that they were shutting the border down between Texas and Louisiana. That's true. That's true. Which, my, my, my folks is in Louisiana, and it's it's shut off. Yeah. So. I guess he's going to have to go around or, I mean, you know, we were actually contemplating like, you know, we're going to show up at the class. It starts at like eight o'clock on Saturday morning. We're going to show up to the class. We haven't seen this guy. We haven't heard from him. You know, we got all these magazines loaded. We're ready to go. We got our kit on. 
we're just like, okay, we're ready for the target. And then all of a sudden we're going to see this like plane fly over on the, uh, on the range. And then we're going to see some dude like freaking halo out of the, uh, out of the aircraft and come flying in. That's, that's my, that's my, that's on my bucket list. I, if, if I could go, attend a class that the instructor arrives that way, that would definitely <laughs> yeah. meet my bucket list. Oh man. So let's, let's get to one of these questions that we see on the, okay. on the, uh, yeah. on the discord here. So we got chainsaw with a five. So it's chain five, AW asks a list of questions here. He says, what would the line in the sand, what would be the line in the sand to start the big luau? So there's one, two, three, four, five questions. So I don't know if you want to go, do you want them all or do you want to go one at a time? No, 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 no. I'm drinking. So we already need to know we were going <laughs> one at a time. <laughs> Otherwise you're going to get them all mixed up. Yeah. 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 Um, or I'm going to get them all mixed up. Um, all right. So let's see, let's start with, uh, what is the line drawn in the sand? Yeah. To start, well, to start the boog, the big luau, yeah. the big igloo, yeah. you know, whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So my, my line is pretty simple and I drew it a long, long time ago. Um, and that was that there was to be no further uh, violations against the second amendment. And that yeah. included, that included things like, um, you know, reclassification of certain things as an assault weapon, you know, such as like an assault weapon ban too, um, things like that. It seems, it seems like they have not done that. What they've tried to do instead is they've tried to do it at the state level. And, and what's interesting about that, and I'll, I'll, cause this may even be a follow-up question, which is, I think that if you concentrate on your area of operations, which could be your state or your county or, you know, the several counties around you or whatever, if you focus on that and keep that as your focus, um, it doesn't mean that people shouldn't, you know, rally around the Virginians when things go wrong in Virginia. But what it yeah. does mean is, is that you could rally around and then it could be a trap and they could literally pick everybody up at the airport where you haven't even um, picked up your luggage. So yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm and, and I, I'm not saying that's going to happen now, but I'm saying in the future, that may be something that needs to go into uh, people's mindsets and, and think about that for a second is, is that, you know, the second that you enter a victim zone, which of course we already know is all airports, um, yeah. And you decide, you know, hey, I'm, I'm from Nevada and I'm going to fly out and support the Virginians in this next bout of gun control or whatever. Realize that the only ones that can stop what's happening in Virginia is the people that live there. And because because I, I think I think that the divide and conquer effort has has now crossed a new threshold, which is um, that, you know, any town and and. Um, and Bloomberg and and his billions or millions or I don't know it it's probably a lot of money but at the end of the day it doesn't he is going to try to do that across all of the states which means the best thing that you can do is hunker down and and get you know get build your team again and and get get a good relationship with the people that you know you can trust and then start expanding those relationships outside of that you know, you, the whole idea is to have a team and then build outside of that team. But remember that that team is like your your inner circle. And then yeah. outside of that, they have friends, they have buddies from work or people that they know or dudes that they've you know served with. But yeah. but what happens is, is that you've got your, your core 
And then outside of that, you have those other uh, relationships. And remember, they need to have their own, you know, if they're not part of yours, they need to have a team and they need to have their, you know, and that way there's not just one nucleus where everybody looks to that one nucleus and says, well, now what do we do? You know, it, it needs, it needs to be like a, uh, a decentralized. It has to be effort. decentralized. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So, so does it make sense? So the line in the it stand. has to be, it has to be decentralized, but it also has to be a symbiotic relationship between the outer circles with the inner circles and everybody kind of has a, an agreement, but you protect yeah. your, yeah. Yeah. And remember too, that some people are going to have a different threshold than, mm-hmm. and you know, it's, uh, it's kind of interesting because, you know, if you think about it, you know, some people are like ready to go now. Like, they're just like, you know what, hold me back. I'm ready to go. And, and I, I, I don't, um, I don't dismiss that, uh, that level of frustration and that level of um, motivation, quite frankly. But at the same time, you know what, use this as an opportunity to continue to build and to continue to prepare. I think that this, um, this, this uh, COVID-19, you know, pandemic, quarantine, you know, all that kind of stuff. The one thing that I think that it's really done is, is it showed people exactly how ill-prepared they are oh, yeah. for, for bad things that, that are going to happen. And this may just be one of many other bad things that are going to occur between now and say when, you know, the actual boobs, you know, kicks off. Think about it that way. I hear you. So one of the things I want to talk about, you, you talked about being decentralized and I don't want to hijack Chainsaw's questions because he's got a few more here, but uh, okay. um, one of the things that I don't know, it's going to be an interesting, and I mean, I sure hope I, when I say this, I don't want to, I don't want to sound like I'm, I'm rooting for, for a violent rose. I clearly am not with a, with a nod to my little guardian FBI agent who's listening. Um, right. The, <laughs> the, when you have a decentralized movement, where do you look? You, there's there's going to have to be some sort of leadership. Where do we find that in a decentralized movement? If you have all of these all of these little groups working together collectively and then independently of one another with these little networks you're describing, um, we have to find there would have to be some sort of leadership focus at least, right? And 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 where do we find that in a decentralized? That's a good question. Well, okay, so. I'm, I'm assuming that uh, that you gentlemen, as well as most of the audience, has probably seen the movie Michael Collins. I've not. I've not. Okay. So I, I highly recommend. <laughs> Sorry. I, I highly recommend the Michael Collins. Forget about the fact that the uh, that the um, actor that's in in the movie is technically an anti-gun activist that you know, plays a whole bunch of really good movie roles where he's actually a violent person that uses firearms in the execution of his violence so there there's already you know a well screw him i'm not watching his movies and i get that that's that i get it but michael collins is um he was in a sense he was the uniter in the process of irish um independence um and i've learned a lot about him from zero gov Mm. He's sort of zero Gov's spirit animal, if you will. And there's a scene in in the movie, and you can find it on YouTube if you don't want to watch the whole movie. But I do recommend the the whole movie just simply because it's it shows where the Irish Republican Army or the IRA um, where they went wrong. And of course, just like the Scots during their fight against the British. 
um, during, you know, in the movie Braveheart. Mm-hmm. And if you, you study history, I'm sorry to use movies to relate uh, history, you know, points of history, but honestly, a lot of people relate to movies faster than they do actual periods of time and, and specific characters. So, you know, if you, if you think about what occurred in the Braveheart, and of course, if you think about what happened in the IRA, it was, it was the fact that, that there, well, this person's my leader, um, is what ended up becoming their weak point. For instance, you know, when, when they wanted to unite the clans in Braveheart, right. And, and, and they were like, look, let's get behind, you know, um, what's going on here, you know, and Mel Gibson's character is, you know, played a genuine badass, right. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. And, and, and my, and that, there's a, there's a lot of emotional um, response in that movie just simply because my family was there. Like my clan that I, that my family name comes from were there. And, and we were uh, actually, we were actually with the Wallace at the time of that fight. So, so there's a lot of, um, there's a lot of love that I have for William Wallace and that period of time. Um, we were border reavers, which meant that, um, that we were lowlanders just south of the, of the Wallace clan. And, um, and basically we were the, uh, the light mounted cavalry that, that took out the Brits uh, whenever they sent soldiers uh, across from uh, Hadrian's wall. And um, we were considered so vile of uh, people that they absolutely positively had to get rid of us. And so they, 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 they threw us all out of Scotland and sent us to Ireland. Um, and that wasn't just my family, my clan. That was actually all the clans that were part of the Border Reavers, if you uh, study history. But the point, the point of all of this is, is that the danger to linking everything to a leader or, you know, a set of leaders is, is that that becomes the head of the snake. Yeah. And if you avoid that and you base everything off of the system that occurs where it's an ideology that we're following, it doesn't have anything to do with this leader or that leader, you know, Zero Gov, it's, you know, him and I, Bill Bupert, him and I have been friends for a very, very long time. Uh, we met 2001 on a range, mind you. And so we both love shooting and we love the, the firearm, you know, um, life, you know, all of that. And, and one of the things that, um, that was easy for me because, you know, I was the enlisted guy, he was the officer and we were like, boom, you know, you're, you're like my leader. And he was like, no, <laughs> no. I'm, I'm not, he's like, and, and there are times when he actually is like, no, 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 I'm following you. Like, he's like, you know, you have come up with this and you've come up with that. And, you know, like it was me that, that came up with the collapsitarian uh, thing. It was him that came up with uh, the zero gov uh, website and, and the blog. And he pretty much is there all the time. Now he doesn't spend any time on Twitter as you've seen, but at the end of the day, you know, he would tell you the same thing if he was here right now, which is, is that this doesn't need to be uh, a movement or a process that involves um, everybody following that one person because you already know that that is. The- well, I wasn't and looking. So, I wasn't looking per yeah, se. Yeah, per se, I wasn't looking for a uh, like a general Washington figure, so to speak. But just kind of a, you know, if we have all these different factions, all these different groups, and say we're all loosely loosely affiliated with the same principles and the same um, philosophy. Yeah. You know, there. I just wonder. You know, I mean, how do you 
how do we decide whether or not, you know, like, I don't know, I don't even know how to, how to ask how do you, this question. How now. do you designate someone to be in charge, which even, I mean, it, it's contradictory. Yeah, well, I don't mean, I don't mean you need, I don't even need, mean, I don't even mean to like necessarily be in charge, but like you're, you're out there, you know, uh, in, in the, in the Southwest region, we're in the middle of the, we have some friends up in the Northwest. We all got friends on the East coast. We all have different, different friends all, all throughout, all throughout the country. We're all loosely tied, basically aligned through philosophy. How do you, what's the, what's the functional mechanism to get us all working together? I guess leadership is, is, is a horrible choice of words. And like I said, I'm not looking for a general Washington, just looking for, yeah. you know, how, how do we, how do we, how do well, we stay aligned with, with, a, with a common goal? Yeah. You know? No, that, I mean, that, that, these are good questions. I mean, these are actually hard questions. Yeah. Um, and, and, you know, it's, it's especially challenging because I'm, I'm like, I'm like halfway through my bourbon now um, <laughs> and I'm, and I'm, and I'm enjoying it. And so now it's like all of a sudden my, um, the, the, the part of my unused brain, you know, the, the part that just sits and remains dormant until I actually stimulate it. As soon yeah. as I, um, as soon as I get about one, two shots of bourbon and it's like all of a sudden, all of those, uh, brain and all those little synapses start firing. And so it's like, okay, now it's ideas time. So let's, let's tackle this. So this is my thinking, and this is something that I started out uh, kind, kind of in that process. Because remember, I was, a, I was a three percenter for a long time. You know, I was actually like a member of the three percenter group. And, and I, I, know, I know Stuart Rhodes personally, okay? So, you know, I go back a ways with the, the three percenter. Before it was a thing, I was part of the percenters. And what I found as I moved to the libertarian process, right, as I transitioned from Republican to libertarian, and then as I transitioned from libertarian to anarchist, the one thing that I realized is, is that there's a lot of three, penner, three percenters that are not going to get from that, that point of libertarian and then process over to anarchist, right? And I understand that. I get that. I have a lot of them following me. So I understand how their brains work because I was there. Yeah. So, so what I have done in my collapsitarian effort is to try to bring the agorist and the anarcho-capitalist and just the plain old, you know, plain rapper uh, anarchists, which, you know, there are, there are quite a few that, uh, that, you know, refuse to remain, you know, to allow themselves to be labeled, right? Yep. And so I, I kind of bring them in and then my goal is to focus more. And this is why you see me uh, concentrate so much on the firearms part is to focus on, you know, the firearms part, because that is something that drew me to libertarianism in the first place. Republicans weren't pro gun enough. They just weren't. And, yeah. and I, and I felt like they were filled with FUDs and I wasn't interested in that. And so, you know, I, I, I read, you know, books like Claire Wolf, right, who basically considered herself to be more like an action libertarian, meant that, you know, she was like, let's get it on, you know, kind of mindset. And, and I, I applaud that. I mean, in fact, I, I owe a lot of, of my, a, a lot of the processes that I was able to cross over to Claire Wolf and people like Boston Tea Party or Kenneth Royce in, in, in reading a lot of their uh, books and things that they wrote and getting on to Claire Wolf's blog and reading a lot of what she wrote. And so what I found is, and this is what, uh, 
this is the one thing that's really important, I think, is that, you know, the, the Second Amendment, which is important to three percenters, right? And, and the fact that, you know, you have the non-aggression principle, the ability to defend yourself as an individual, which is seen as a natural right from a libertarian, that yeah. is one thing that those two groups, A, both have in common, and B, yeah. is a hill that they're willing to die on. Yeah. And, and, and what I realized as I started pulling this collapsitarian effort together was I didn't want to alienate either of those two groups because – Believe it or not, what they have in common is a hill they're, they're willing to die on. And in my opinion, that's what it's going to take. It's going to take a hill that everyone is willing to die on for them to be willing to say, you know what, enough is enough. Going back to this line in the sand where we say, okay, that, that's something we're not going to allow. We're not, we're not going to go the way of Australia. We're not going to go the way of New Zealand. We're not going to go the way of Canada and we're not going to go the way of the UK, right? Because all of those are in modern era time frame. Most people are aware of the process of how gun control went uh, in all of those countries. The New Zealand one being the most recent. Yeah. And so, and so that, was, that was my goal in, in what I wanted to do. I literally... I looked at all of these different hybrid belief systems and they are, they're very different. They have, they have different underpinnings. Some are, you know, have a, almost like an embrace in, uh, an embracement of collectivism to a degree. Right. When I was a I Republican, you know, there was a, there was a form <laughs> of collectivism when I was a nationalist, you know, nationalism is a form of collectivism ideologically. That's true. Um, and, 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 um, and, and so, there are a lot of ANCAPs that say, I can't have anything to do with anybody who is, you know, a nationalist. And, and I started looking at it and saying, okay, look, these are all different ways that people are being divided. And when we get divided into so many tiny little smatterings of groups, that is how we're really conquered. And so if you can find a few things that people are, are just like, you know what, this is something I will not compromise on. I will stick to this. Um, I found that firearms was the one thing that was that was going to be that underpinning, and and I continue with that. Um, you know, I support the uh, the efforts for the 3D printing of guns. I support the efforts of the 80 percent. Um, you know, uh, you know, firearms. In fact, I literally live percent. Um, 90 percent of my guns are all 80. Um, and so I I see that as that is that is the tie. And then what we look at is, okay, well, what is that level of leadership role? And what I would say is, is that all of us that have those strong philosophical backgrounds and understandings and, you know, that can, you know, whether it's Austrian school economics that you can talk laissez-faire, you know, free markets to people who maybe don't really fully understand free markets. Right now is a great time to explain economics to people because, they're seeing how um, a system, an ec economic system, is failing, and they 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 want they all have theories on what you know the problem is, but what they don't have is a good solid uh, understanding or foundation of those economics and how they work. So this is a time when Austrian school, whether you're a libertarian, whether you're an anarchist, whether you're an agorist, you know, all of them share one thing, and that is free market. Right, and so. So if you think about it from that perspective, if we can bring that 
to the crowd that's that that's sitting there in the three percent I'm a Republican constitutionalist person and and if you can bring that into um you know a really good solid foundational discussion you know not a handbag fight but an, a foundational discussion where we can take these two groups that have a little bit of differences we have we have some pretty big differences but there's there's some that we can work out and free markets is one of them right so we work that out and then we you know maybe we look at you know the differences between federalism versus anti-federalism i don't think there's a single libertarian that i know that would consider themselves a federalist. They would uh, align themselves more with an anti-federalist. Well, if you find a pro-gun person, it's like, you know what, I'm, I'm, this is a hill I'm gonna die on and I'm not gonna give up my firearms. That means they're pro-Bill of Rights. The Bill of Rights came from the anti-federalists, not the federalists. And so there's your in with trying to bring these two groups together, which is why I've spent a lot of time discussing it uh, on Twitter. And I think that it's it's an important it's an important point to make with two groups of people that, in my opinion, have so much potential to be able to work together. Yeah, I'm, I'm glad to hear. So, so some of the terms that you're throwing around for. So so I'm not I'm still in the I'm still in my growing phase where I'm trying to figure out exactly <laughs> where I fall. OK, I'm just going to be honest with you, because um, because I would say that there's a lot of people like me who are very curious and very interested in in these concepts. And uh, I know very firmly where I fit in in certain areas and others I do not. And you can't knock somebody for that because if, no. they're, if they're researching, if they're, if they're trying to grow, and it's, it's a multifaceted thing where, it's, where, where your mind meets, your body meets your heart and all that good stuff. Uh, so it's, you, you got to dig deep. And uh, so that's why I love like, having you on again and, and, and talking about this stuff because as we grow, as you grow in, in, in our channels and our podcasts and wherever our footprint is, these are good things. Everybody needs to hear this stuff and think about it. Yeah. And, and, and the thing is, is that if you look at it from, there's a lot of reading involved, right? I mean, all of these discussions that we're having require literally hundreds of hours of research and understanding. Um, and, and, and some people don't want to put that work in. And I understand it just simply because life gets in the way. You're really, really busy. And there's a lot of things that you're doing. But for me, I had to find my philosophical base and I had to have a solid grasp of what I knew were facts. Yeah. And then from there, I can explore out from there. But you have to have, it's almost like, it's almost like a, um, a philosophical forward operating, right? A FOB. So we establish a FOB and, and, and we say, okay, what are the things that we know are true? You know, we hold these things to be self-evident, right? So we got life, liberty, and forget about the pursuit of happiness because I think that that was just uh, made to make somebody happy. I think that really it's property, right? So we got life, liberty, and property. If you can start and put your fob there and then work out into the indigenous population, right? Think about it as like an Afghanistan operation, right? So if you've got your FOB established as life, liberty, and property, these are the things that you are endowed by your creator, right? These are the things that you know that you hold self-evident. They're self-evident, mm -hmm. right? No matter how much the collectivist indoctrination camps have tried to pry that out of the minds of Americans, there's one thing that, has, that they have failed at, and that is the fact that parents still teach their kids 
a certain level of, of pro-freedom information, and they try to counter what comes from the collectivist indoctrination camps. Um, and I, I would say that the percentage is pretty high because otherwise I think the full communist, full socialist by now, and for whatever reason, they haven't been able to, uh, to make it happen. And so it, it's, being, it's being countered, but I will tell you that we probably don't have another generation before we are severely outnumbered. And when I mean we, I mean people who espouse to individual rights and liberty. I agree. And, you know, that's one of the things that, that makes me want to be so active now is, is looking at, at the, uh, the future. I've, you know, I've got three kids and I want to, you know, there's, there's that whole thing. Um, I'm concerned about what the world is going to be like for them. Not just, you know, obviously now, but even, you know, much later, like after I'm gone. So um, we don't have another, you're right, we don't have another generation. Um, I want to I go back through some of the things uh, that I think you answered a lot of Chainsaw's questions already. Where do you envision it starting? I think you said, it, you know, it's just going to be a decentralized movement. So that, that, that kind of answers that. Um, will it be small if you, scale? Yeah, good. If, if, you, if you consider, if you consider that, you know, and, and we've talked about this in the past about how the NAP should be the rules of engagement, right? The non-aggression yeah. principle should be the rules of engagement. What this really comes down to is, is that, you know, when people are coming to your door to take your things, that's a violation of the NAP. Okay. Now, would it be smart to have something in place to where you actually are able to stop them before we get to that point? Yes, that would be great. That would be wonderful. It would be great that we have sheriffs maybe in, um, in counties and different uh, areas where they say, no, 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 we're not going to allow that, right? Because right now, when, um, say, for instance, a three-letter agency were to do a raid, now, I know a little bit about this, um, having an LE background as well as my military background, that, you know, they're, they're not, they have learned enough about uh, conducting raids that they're really stupid if they don't have local LE as a, as a, a, a part of their effort to be the eyes and ears and the boots on the ground prior to their operation. Yep. If, if this were to happen, okay, it, it's obviously clearly going to be a three-letter agency process and effort. And in order to make that happen, they've got to go through your local LE, whether it's, you know, it starts out with like the state police, but ultimately they're probably going to end up with, you know, sheriff's office, um, you know, at the county level. Um, there's not every state has counties. Some states uh, are divided up differently. Um, but at the end of the day, some it's have islands. Be, right. The islands. Constables is another example. Right. But at the end of the day, it's going to be that person, which is basically your local elected law enforcement person, which that's that's really where the uh, where the metal meets the meat, because that is going to be the person that either gives them an OK for an operation or says, no, not in my county. This, we're not going to do this. This is not how we're doing business. Right. And so, you know, when we talk about voting and vote, vote harder, right? I yeah. will tell you, there is a case, there is a case for being involved in trying to prevent uh, defensively from having a anti 
uh, rights, specifically anti-firearms uh, sheriff in your county or in your, um, in your area, there is a defensive voting argument for that. Just in the fact that if you don't want that person um, okaying those types of operations, you know, it would be better to have somebody who says, you know, no, 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 we're, we're, we're basically three percenters. We're going to enforce um, the, uh, the defense of the Bill of Rights um, as the senior law enforcement in our area. And, um, and, you know, my uncle was a sheriff. Okay. So I, him and I, we used to have many, many, many evening and late weekend conversations about this specific thing. Um, prior, unfortunately, he had a, a heart attack and he passed away um, at a young age too, which is really oh, unfortunate. And, and it's okay. It, it was a while ago, but the point is, is that um, we were really close. All my siblings, we were really close to him because he was only a couple years older than my sister. And so we kind of played together instead of him being the uncle, he was almost like a cousin. And uh, it was because my mother had such a wide range of um, brothers and sisters. And he was at the very, very, very end being the youngest. And he was almost the same age as my sister. So we grew up, you know, playing together, having a good time together, that kind of thing. You know, he kind of grew up, right, and actually took responsibility and got married and had kids and, you know, jobs and different things. And then he decided to go into law enforcement and, um, and he ended up becoming a sheriff. In the process of that, we would have a lot of different discussions. Um, and, you know, he was a man of faith. And so he, you know, he and, and, and I and my parents used to have a lot of discussions about, you know, Romans versus, you know, uh, American Revolution, for instance, and, and what, what made uh, the American Revolution not a violation of Romans 13, right? So I'm just going to point that out there, right? Because I know that there are some Christians that, uh, that follow me on Twitter. And so I'll put that out there, right? That was a topic of conversation. So in the process of all of that, you know, one of the things that he saw was is that the best way to prevent those types of situations is to always make sure that you have someone who is a pro Bill of Rights person as your senior uh, elected law enforcement officer. It doesn't mean that they're not going to enforce rules and laws that you and and most of our viewers would all agree are malum prohibitum law, not malum in se, right? Yep. And so, so you know, that that is a big dividing because, you know, when I sit down and I talk with people about the differences between, um, you know, like supporting, you know, supporting uh, gun rights versus being opposed to laws that actually violate malum prohibitum um, or, you know, that, that actually violate the NAP. Actually, if you think about it, enforcing malum prohibitum violates the NAP. I think that that's universally um, well. It should be. It's a be, logical argument. It should be a universal argument. You're right. Yeah. Yeah. I, th- I mean, I think I don't think anybody is going to dispute that. Uh, at least not among my my followers, right? So, and certainly not your followers. You're probably all about the same. Where everybody's given a head nod at this point. So, so at that point, that's where you start to work from the, you know, okay, yeah, Bill of Rights are important. Yep. Life, liberty, property. And then you just continue on. So going back to the original couple of questions, I think 
I think that is probably probably I probably over answered the question. I'm sorry. So that's okay. I think you probably nailed all these questions already, just in just in the way we've been talking. Um, at, you know, he asked, "Will will it be small scale or nationwide?" and and that and you answered that in in, in basically the way you described the, a network. Probably of, both. Of in, yeah, it'd be a network of independently, you know, independent movements, yeah. so to speak. And then, uh, what's the most likely government response? And then, um, you know, you talked about how the the alphabet boys are going to jump in with the uh, with the local law enforcement. Um, they need to because just simply simply put, and this is something that you've got to understand, is, is if you take the actual trigger pull, okay, I'm not talking about the FBI agents that are hired to, um, yes, they carry a gun, but they're not door kickers, right? That's a bulk of the FBI agent. Most of the FBI is a cross between surveillance and, um, and, and some level of, um, you know, cyber forensics and different types of forensics, whether it's physical or cyber forensics, you know, is like, that's a bulk of what the eight, the three letter agencies have. The, the smallest amount of number of those three letter agencies are actual door kickers. And so the point is, is that, you know, if they were, for instance, to say, okay, we're going to, we're coming for your guns. I, I don't see it happening that way, but if it were to happen that way, it is it is literally impossible for them to hit everyone at the same time. It's literally impossible. They even if they took one agent and put it in every county across the United States, they don't have enough one of singular agent to cover the entire United States to where they could do that singularly. And, and the benefits that we have on Twitter and, you know, you kind of saw it with that, the, the one kid that was, um, I want to say he was up in the Northeast and, um, and, and he was under, he was in some form of distress and he had had, you know, some disagreements with his wife or whatever. And they had taken his guns. You're talking about whiskey rebellion, five, five, six. Yeah. Whiskey rebellion, five, five, six. You kind of saw it where people were paying attention in hours, if not minutes of what was happening nationally. They mobilized through Twitter, basically a, 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 yeah. a, a responsive, a responsive militia. Uh, that yeah, was pretty, right? I thought that was pretty impressive, actually, how we were I able to. I thought so, too. I'm out I here in the so middle too. of the Pacific. I couldn't have done anything about it, yeah. obviously. But the guys that were right. close enough to do something basically went to go do something. <laughs> and, 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 the, and the thing is, is right, wrong, or indifferent, everybody said, no, 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 no. I'm Spartacus. Yeah. Like, exactly. I'm literally, you know, you're, you're picking on him. I'm the same. Yeah. Like, you're picking on him. It doesn't matter why you're picking on him. You may have some bullshit malum prohibitum argument for why you need to arrest him and take him downtown. I get that. But at the end of the day, you're picking on him. He's the same as me. Yeah, I'm next and that's not going to happen. Right. That's right. And that's what we need. We need, we need a distributed response across, across the internet to where they realize, Oh, okay. All right. Yeah. We did definitely kick a hornet's nest. This is going to piss off, you know, a hundred thousand Americans. We can't handle a hundred thousand Americans angry at the same time. No. And, you know, and, and that's, and that's something that I don't know, man, I, you know, I don't want to, I don't want to be accused of, 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 of working everybody into a frenzy. So I'll choose my words wisely. The, um, do you think there's, there's a huge discussion. This falls in line with these questions. Um, there's a huge discussion with, within the, within the libertarian and anarchic communities, whether 
whether or not local police will engage the local population, um, what the likelihood is. We already know the feds, the fed boys are going to do it because they're feds. They are. But, but uh, as, as they try to engage the local police, the local sheriff's deputies, um, all, all the various local policing agencies, do you think our neighbors in, in uniform, by and large, will engage the local population? Well, okay. So the only thing I can speak to is what I know personally, right? And, and you guys know that I train with law enforcement. Um, some of them are actually good friends of mine. Um, and I know that that violates every rule that libertarians have, right? Which is don't talk to the police. Don't right? talk to the cops. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And it's like, how do you not talk to cops? You used to A, be a cop, B, used to be a soldier, and C, still shoot with cops, right? So yeah. it's like, how do you do that, right? Well, well, you're like our answer, man. On, you're our man on the inside, bro. Well, I, you know, that's scary, but um, <laughs> what, I, what I would say is, is that a very large number, a very large number of, of, uh, of the police that I shoot with. Now, again, you know, this is take it or leave it. This is just my little observations and my little neck of the woods. Um, a bulk of what I, the people that I shoot with, they don't shoot because they have to. They shoot because they love shooting and they enjoy firearms, and they want more firearms, right? And so most of the people that I shoot with are as pro-Second Amendment as I can imagine, literally. Um, and, and, and what I would say to people who are like, yeah, but, you know, the cops are, you know, they have their rules that they have to follow. And we know that, you know, no, nobody wants to get fired from their job and not make their mortgage payment and leave an empty table and God forbid not have toilet paper right now during a quarantine. <laughs> but, but really at the end of the day, most of them were probably pro second amendment long before they became a cop. That's, that's what I have picked up and gathered from the people that I shoot with. Again, this is a limited level of experience, yeah. you know, but again, I've been through about a half a dozen professional training institutions that train law enforcement. And I, I can tell you, I think shooting with them that that is the general consensus with these people. I think you probably hit something there where you, you know, it was, it was their, their, they were pro second amendment. It was probably for a lot of them, their, um, their desire to continue working with, with firearms that their love of firearms just drew them to, to, a, to a career path that would allow them to carry one in an official capacity. But that's just one yeah. component, you know, don't, you know what I mean? Like that's just one component of the bill of rights and not a small one. Agreeably, the second amendment is very huge, but, I mean, we're seeing locally here in Hawaii um, violations of first, third, fourth amendments on a regular basis by by the by the people in law enforcement. Um, yeah. And there's not not, yeah. not a whole lot we're we're able to do. I mean, Honolulu PD. Um, you know, I could I could go down the entire Bill of Rights and probably come up off the top of my head of a of a local event that happened recently um, that was a violation of 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 somebody you know constitutional rights and. And then it just kind of goes away. It just kind of like it can, you know, yeah. there's just, I, and so that's a hard question for me to answer um, with regard to whether or not we think law enforcement would be local law enforcement would, would engage the local population. I mean, I mean, it's all speculation, dude. I, you know, and, and, yeah. and, and, and God willing, we'll never get to that point. Um, but man, it, it sure yeah. sometimes seems, seems like it's close, doesn't it? You know, it does. It does. And, and you know, it's, it's, it's one of those things where, you know, all, you know, if you if you uh, look back to 
I, I, I reference movies, please forgive me. But, you know, if you, if you think back to like, say for instance, um, when, when they had um, the discussion about uh, fighting the British in the movie, um, the Patriot, and they were deciding <laughs> it is, it's a great movie. I love it. So, um, you know, they're, they're having a discussion about whether um, they're going to, um, you know, trade, you know, essentially trade um, one tyrant that's, you know, X number of thousand miles away for a whole bunch of tyrants. Right. And that discussion occurred, um, you know, with, uh, with, with this, you know, again, Mel Gibson's character in, in the movie. And um, it's also one of my favorite movies. It's half the reason why I picked uh, Tomahawk um, back up and started throwing again is just simply because I, I loved, I loved the persona that he, uh, that he gave off of being someone that did not want to go back to war, but at some point he reached a point where he didn't have a choice. And, uh, and I, 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 um, I can actually, I can, I can, I can associate with that exact feeling and I know exactly what that's like. So there's, there's a very close um, personal um, um, contact with that movie. And so if you think about it from that perspective, when they were talking and they were having that discussion about whether they were going to support um, the, uh, the colonist uh, efforts to um, become independent from, from England or from Britain, um, if, if, you, if you think about how uh, difficult that was of a decision for him, because he knew that, you know, this was going to be a war that's fought, you know, not on a distant land, not on a foreign land, it's going to be fight, you know, it's going to be fought in our backyards, it's going to be, you know, one neighbor, you know, needs help, you know, because he's, you know, being ransacked by the British. Um, and that, that was, that was a distinct uh, discussion. Um, in this case, in this case, you, your local, your local constabulatory, whether it's your sheriffs or your, you know, all your different, you know, your governors and the state police and different things like that. I think it really comes down to um, the difference of whether they come to the realization that they're in the right or if they're in the wrong. And the reason I say that is, is because somewhere out there there's probably some bad guys that know they're bad guys right so like yeah. the bee pigs they probably know they're the bad guys. they they know that they're not in the right you know sacrificing children and drinking their adrenochrome there there's no way on any moral compass where they can say that they're the good guys however if you look at something as simple as people who are saying look i'm just doing my job you know, well, are you enforcing a good law or are you enforcing a bad law, right? Yeah, and that, that ties into, so, so I, th there's several of my friends that I served with on deployments. It was in the military with, and a handful of them are cops. I'm friends with them. I don't have a problem mm -hmm. with them. I love them like brothers, yeah. you know? And um, yeah. I know that if some, if some stuff popped off, there's not a bone in my body that believes that they would, they would do something to a civilian or to people. But then again, you got to tie that into, what if they're, what if uh, the, the leverage of, hey, what about your family? What about, what about your wife? What about your kids? What about your mortgage? You know, how, how far can you bend that? What, what's going to give, you know? So, yeah, uh, hard questions, man. Hard, hard scenarios to think about. Well, yeah, because I mean, you know, 
they're not only trying to choose between their paychecks, but they're also trying to choose between, you know, their moral compass, which Mm -hmm. is why I, 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 I strongly recommend that people work on their moral compass, surround themselves with people that are very, very close to their moral compass. They don't have to match. There can be a degree or two of overlap in either direction based on, you know, on, on operational need. Right. Yeah. You know, um, if you, you know, I'm, I'm just going to run down, you know, I, I've got and caps on my team, right. I've got libertarians on my team. I've got Republicans on my team. I have an independent on my team and I have somebody who doesn't give a shit about politics at all. Right. <laughs> like they're just like, I don't care about any. And so if you think about it from that perspective, it's, it's literally the moral compass is what matters. You know, it's, it's what can you look yourself in the mirror, you know, tonight and be able to live with. And I think that there was probably some folks that were sent down to take guns from those during Katrina that said, you know what, I, I can't, yep. I can't look myself in the mirror uh, taking firearms from people uh, knowing that, that this violates the second amendment. The only ones that don't care are the ones that sold their soul that sipping on adrenochrome toddies. You know what I mean? They, they are the bee pigs. Yeah. And, um, and you know, it's rumored, it's rumored that they may actually get rounded up in all of this that's going on right now. I heard I'm about assuming, that. Yeah. Yeah. I'm assuming you're probably checking that out. I don't know if that's actually true, but you know, if there's a last glimmer of hope in me, Okay, and as a collapsitarian, I know we're supposed to we're supposed to forgo all hope. But at You're the end of the day, supposed to be naturally pessimistic, right? That's kind of the <laughs> that's idea. That's right, exactly. But but if there is any hope in me left, it is the fact that those people will get rounded up, and whether they end up in a wood chipper or whether they end up on a C seventeen, you know, tax. Yes, taxiing on its way down. To, um, you know, where is it they're saying they're going to put them? Cuba, Guantanamo Bay, um, baby. Yeah. Yeah, so I mean, whether one is true or the other is true, if they're gone, to me, that is hope. Like, that is literally hope. I might even forgo exploring any further conspiracies from here on out if they actually rounded all of them up and put them in some type of a hole. So, so to get, to make things weird, real quick, I did, I did, there is some things swirling around in the interwebs that I did take note of. And basically it's that this whole uh, COVID-19 thing is on purpose, allowed to let happen. It's a live, a live thing that's a distraction, but it's a real thing that's a distraction. And that specific strand is meant to tag those who consume adrenochrome so that it makes them sick, so that they have to turn themselves in or they die or they get rounded up or yada, 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 which ties into Q and and all that stuff. So it's out there. So if you want to go look at it and read about it, I'm not saying it's true. I'm not saying it's not. But I'm not. I've, I think not, it would be cool. Not only, not only have I read it all, but I have I have some very close friends that believe it very, very fervently that that's what's happening. And 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 you know the thing is, is that as a guy who likes to analyze the truth, um, you can't dispel things that you can't prove one way or the other right so True. so so we we know we know that uh that there are bad people that run the world we right? can all agree on and, that yes yeah <laughs> and in fact i would i would even argue that that bad people for whatever reason tend to rise to the top 
Yeah, they're propped up. Yeah, they, they, they tend to be the ones that all are always in charge, ironically, right? And so if you if you factor in the fact that they're that these you know these bad people are the ones that are you know quote unquote running the world, right? Um and, and that they do bad things, right? You know, because their parties are not like our parties. You know, they do they do some weird shit, right? You've yeah. seen you've seen um, you know, um uh what was that movie, uh Eyes Wide Shut? Oh yeah, yeah. Right. Like I, I don't I don't know a single person that would find that fascinating and enjoyable. And that was the last movie that Stanley put out before he uh went went, went on to the next life, right? Right, yeah. Yeah, so, yeah and so, I mean it, do, it does say that, yeah, it, yeah. it does say in God's word, he says, do not eat the blood because the life is in the blood. Or I don't know the specific verse. You know what I'm talking about? Keith? Yeah. I yes. so, yeah. so God, God thought it was important enough that he put that in his word for all of us, you know, so that there's something to it. So I got a yeah, question. I, I got a question from Lids Box. I don't, I want to make sure we get to this one if we can. There's, there's all this oh, talk yeah, about no, boycotting I, I, China. I like him. I like him. Yeah. Yeah. I like him. Yeah. Yeah. Go ahead. Okay, there's there's all this talk about boycotting China, Chinese goods after the COVID collapse. Do you really think people will give up their cheap stuff? I, I don't think people will have, I mean, if there's a boycott, there's a boycott, right? Like we won't really have a choice one way or the other. Um, I think I think it's clear though that when, when, when there are options, people prefer less expensive things, right? That's a market, that's a market response. What do you think? I, it's a sign of a rich country, right? You have options, you don't have to buy top price. I, I would, me personally, I would like to see American manufacturing come back. Um, and I, I think that the answer is probably a lot more complicated than most people yeah. realize. Probably a lot more complicated than the president even thinks, right? Because the, the whole make, make America great again, you know, the, I'm, I'm not here to bag on Trump. But what I will tell you is, is that... Um, you, you can if you want to. <laughs> It it does it does it does kind of it does uh, it advertises certain level of unsophistication and and lack of knowledge on how the economy actually works right yeah so because you know it, it it's it's a generic enough term that if somebody says well I don't want to make America great again you know well what the hell is wrong with you you're a communist yeah. Yeah. right yeah. so. You know, he, he was smart in, in picking what he chose as, you know, what was going to be his, 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 uh, his legacy, if you will, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, how, how, can, how can you, how do you really judge whether he makes America great or not? I, you know, it's, it's, it's sort of like uh, setting up your, your training objectives, right? Yeah. So like, uh, yeah, training objective is, is that no one gets killed on this operation. All right, cool. That's good. Yeah, we're going to make this our training objective. No one dies. And if that happens, then we're successful. So we set the bar really low, right? And um, as long as everybody uh, comes back alive, we've been a success. Yeah. That that's not that that's not really a good that's not really a good objective, honestly. Yeah. Yeah. So, but but I think that it was uh, it resonated with enough people, you know, town people, you know, in the Midwest uh, that saw half of their town basically dry up because a lot of industry has left the country, uh, things like that. I think that it was enough. It resonated with enough people that it gained him a lot of uh, popularity. Now, do I want to see American manufacturing come back? Yes, I do. I want to yeah. see American manufacturing come back. But the, the bigger question is, 
do I want to see American males take the amount of responsibility that they need to have uh, and that they need to be responsible for in order to fix what is wrong in their general areas, right? So like websites like Art of Manliness, right? Uh, I'll just, I'll call them out right now. So uh, not sure how many of my listeners uh, ever go to Art of Manliness. That's an amazing, amazing website. And they promote things that are made in the U.S. by, you know, mom and pop operations from day to day, uh, week to week, um, that, in my opinion, are expensive. You know why they're expensive? Because you're pricing it in a ratio that doesn't involve the slave labor that China has enjoyed for yeah. so long that sells, you know, something at, you know, 10% the price on Amazon. It, you know, it's ironic that Bezos would be in, involved in this, right? Yeah. And so, you know, here, you know, I, I love Amazon. In fact, I have an Amazon box sitting right here on, on, my, uh, on my desk because um, I ordered something. I don't know what it was, but I ordered something from Amazon. And, and Amazon, I mean, it Pri Amazon Prime is a heck of a drug, dude. You know? <laughs> it is a drug. I'm telling you. Yeah. Although, although I will tell you that a lot of the quality items uh, from from a from a firearm standpoint has has left Amazon un unless you're getting optics. That's about the only thing that's left now, um, because Amazon has slowly squeezed uh, more and more American manufacturers off of Amazon. There used to be a time when I could get. American manufactured items on Amazon and Amazon pushed to fill all of those roles with copies uh, made in China. And there's some things that you just don't want to um, relegate to someone who literally may not have a pot to piss in or a window to throw it out of yeah. um, making some of your most vital items. And yeah. And so American manufacturing, I want to see it come back to the, to, to the U.S. I want to see mom and pop uh, companies uh, stand back up. Um, my wife, when she finished her bachelor's in uh, business, one of the things that she put in there with her, um, with her degree was uh, um, entrepreneurial studies. Okay. Yeah. Hey, hey, can yeah. you do, can, uh, can you do me yeah. a favor? I, uh, well, I need to take a break and then and then we'll come back to this, okay? Yeah, of course, a break. Right that on, buddy. Good. Yeah, sounds good. All right, we'll be right back. I'm just going to go ahead and stop the recording and then we'll come right on back. Thanks. Okay, sounds good. Let's go ahead. All right, so, uh, so we're back. Um, Sorry for that quick little transition to a commercial break. We just had to take care of some things, but uh, but now we're back. And I wanted to hit hit another question that we had from from our Discord uh, uh, chat chat that's going on here is, um, do you think this is a bio weapon? And and I tend to I tend to believe that it is. I tend to believe that it was it was manufactured specifically for um, yeah to to be to be to do what it's doing. To, to, to disrupt the economics and or the economy and 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 the uh, basically everything that's going on right now. What do you think? Yeah, yeah. Um, that's a really good question, and I think it's going to be hard to prove, quite frankly, because if you look at the 
if you look at things like the fact that uh, Twitter, for instance, banned Zero Hedge for suggesting, for just suggesting that it could be a bioweapon, um, and now to the point where the links that you share on Zero Hedge on Twitter are now um, seen as like potential scam, you know, potential spam, you know, that kind of thing. So they're really going out of their way to hide anything that uh, Zero Hedge has said. Um, I know some of the guys that started Zero Hedge. Um, I've been in contact with a few of them, and uh, some of them are really good folk. They believe very similar to us. They uh, share information that, quite frankly, would probably end up costing their careers if, um, if they knew who was sharing the information that they write. And so what I would say is that in, the, in, in regards to that, the fact that Twitter went after Zero Hedge as aggressively as they did and continue to do just tells me that there's maybe more to the fact that it could be, very well could be, a, uh, a bioweapon. Yeah. All right. So, yes, yeah, so that question was from Grampy, not Grumpy. And uh, so what do you think, you know, if it is a bioweapon, which we both agree, do you think it'll ever be acknowledged uh, officially by the government? Or do you think they'll just continue to... to um, say that it's just a just a naturally occurring, you know, virus that just kind of made the jump from bats to humans or whatever, you know, yeah. four months ago, five months ago now. Yeah, I, I think I think that uh, if if the U.S. government didn't have anything to do with it, then their likelihood of them actually sharing that information, if they know it, with the American people is probably at 50 percent yeah so i got a friend i got a friend in the intel community i won't i won't i won't go any further than that because i don't want to get in trouble but uh he's without giving me any details he's he's basically assured me that it's from 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 the from the data and the evidence that he's been able to uh see he he he's he he believes it's a it's a it's a bioweapon. He believes that it's man-made, that it's engineered specifically for this purpose, um, and then that's that's about all that he was willing willing to share with me. But he's he's close enough to the intel community that 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 it matters, you know. That, yeah. That, that I value his opinion. He's not just some Joe Punk like us, or you know, like me anyway. That that is that is speculating, right? He's 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 in it, you know. Right. I'm a master speculator. Are, are you doing okay there? Because it sounds like your gas mask is, uh, is is slipping off of your face. Are you all right? No, I'm I'm doing good actually. Okay. Yeah, I've been uh, I've been sitting here and I've been thinking about how I want to uh, approach this second part that you're talking about. Um, just simply because I think that um, this information that you're talking about that you're referencing probably there is. There's probably enough open source information about this from a science perspective, scientists and, and uh, doctors that are actually dealing with this virus. There's probably enough information out there that we don't even need uh, an Intel uh, uh, point of view. 
Yeah, you're, um, prob- you're probably right. You're probably right. It it doesn't, and I'm not trying to I'm not trying to be hard on the Intel folks because you know, I know them too. Um, but uh, my thought process on this regard is that everyone is being very very cautious not to make a judgment call, and the only reason for that is because there's enough information out there to suggest that they could be right or wrong about their suspicions. In other words, the coin is in the air and we don't really know if it happened accidentally or if it happened on purpose or if it happened accidentally on purpose. So what about the view, what about the view that this is a, uh, that this is like a, a live, exercise sort of thing sort of thing like you know i was listening to another show um where they talked about the 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 potential where this is a that that there really is a coronavirus out there that it's really it's really affecting people it's really changing things and our response is what they're gauging by this that it's that it's soft enough that we'll all recover from it i mean save for the you know I, i hate real people are dying i don't want to trivialize that right um, right. Aside from the real, like casualties from this, society will recover. But this is like a a test, like a test to see what our responses are going to be in in, a, have, in another situation that maybe gets ratcheted up a notch or two. I have suspected that. Um, me personally, I have looked at it with the most onerous of um, thought processes, which is is that this could be a um, a nation. A state actor, you know, such as China, that actually uh, perpetrated this with the full expectation that they were going to complete whatever it is that they didn't finish in order to make it a lot more volatile and a lot more violent. Well, that's uh, that's not good. <laughs> I mean, so, I guess it's, I guess it's uh, good that they didn't finish, but it's, uh, it, yeah. it, it shows horrible intent, clearly. But if you're going to have a bioweapon, you know you already got horrible intent anyway. And, I mean, we have, we have our share of those in our arsenal as well. Yes. I've also heard that they're um, heard, read, talked to people about it. Uh, so what they, what they are trying to do kind of backfired in their face, and they're trying to walk it back because they didn't get the reaction that they – desired if that make, does that ring a bell makes any sense yeah what what reaction were they looking for gumbo i know? assume assume i assume pandemonium people uh, i've seen a video today floating around on online i don't know um i, I just seen it a friend sent it to me a, a guy jumps out of a building because of his fear of this conid covid19 and that's what the title of the video said. I don't know if that's, you know, it could be anything, but I think they wanted something like that. They wanted more people stirred up a little bit of order out of chaos type scenario versus for the most part, everybody's pretty calm. I mean, you have a, a pockets of people who are freaking out, you know, but everybody's kind of like, okay, this is happening. It's getting a little weirder day by day, but here we are following the rules for the most part. You don't, you're not hearing a lot you would think that you would see and hear more destruction around us because there's a pandemic that's, that's 
that's swept across the world, right? But yet, civilized people are being pretty civil about it. I'll tell you from from, from my perspective, you know, we're all just kind of we're all just kind of freestyling right now, and that's fine. I my my perspective of everything. I'm shocked how fast we we have seen so many of our liberties just kind of vanish in the last couple of weeks, how quickly it happened and, you know, how people are no longer allowed to freely uh, move about and they're under house arrest without due process. They're, they're being put in cages for not, for not uh, following the stay at home order. Um, you know, the national guard is being called up. There's talks of them, uh, you know, being put up into different, in different hotels in different cities around the world that, you know, violating certain, articles uh, and uh, you know amendments of the constitution and uh, you know we're not allowed to peaceably assemble we haven't I haven't seen I haven't been inside the building of my church in over well in two weeks you know um, going to be a going to be a third one this weekend you know mm-hmm. and and you know I these are these are things that that bother me from when I look at the numbers even the, the official numbers whether you choose to believe them you think they're more or less uh, I don't see the numbers that, that, that support this sort of response. Um, and not just the response of the government, uh, you know, putting, putting the hammer down or a soft hammer, we'll say a rubber mallet, um, you know, in, in a lot of these areas, but really the, the people we've, we've seen people turn into informants for the state over this. And yeah. uh, that's, yeah, people- that's the most disturbing part of all of this, man. Yeah, I, I saw a video. It sh- it looked like uh, it looked like a Karen. Oh uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you saw the video, didn't yeah, you? Yeah, yeah. Oh my gosh, that was hilarious. I saw that, and I I just thought to myself, you know, I can feel her anger from from a parental standpoint because I've been there with my kids before when they've done stupid shit. But at the same time, you know, you're literally going to call your you know call the cops on your kids. And so it's like, you know, I made a simple rule with my kids because, you know, my youngest just uh, moved back in. Okay. Now, again, not really moved. He brought his bag of things and he's here. Okay. And it's because he lost his job when they started shutting the restaurants down. Yeah. And I I didn't want him homeless. Right. I didn't want him wandering the streets or, you know, basically... I didn't want him end up, you know, catching the virus just simply because he had nowhere to go. Of course. And so, you know, our concern, and it was, naturally it was my wife's concern as well, but my concern was, you know, how bad would it be? And then all of a sudden it got so bad that we couldn't get to him. And he was about an hour and uh, 15 minutes away. And uh, an hour and 15 minutes of highway driving, um, it, it could be hours and hours and hours if uh, you shut highways down and you have to take back roads and all those kinds of things. And so, yeah. or cross, cross country, which we all know I'm capable of. But at the end of the day, it's like, you know, how do I get to him when things are really, really bad? So we were making an assessment, me and him, you know, and he was like, well, you know, I mean, how bad is it going to get? I mean, do I really... Because, you know, his fear was, am I jumping the gun? Am I moving back home too soon? You know, I'm 19. And uh, and I totally get where he was coming from. Um, because, 
you know, of course there's that concern, right? You know, it's like, well, I mean, do I really need to be moving back home? Yeah, I'm not quite, I'm not quite established. I haven't gotten to the point where, you know, I'm, I'm carrying, uh, you know, uh, you know, paying my rent and covering my car insurance and making my car payments and, you know, different things like that. So, you know, we wanted to make sure that he felt like, you know, he's safe here. This is a place where he can come. Um, he's been t picking up some odd jobs and different things like that. But the, the concern that I had was what if we couldn't get to him? And yeah. the same thing, the same thing's going on with my daughter. You know, my daughter, she has a roommate. The roommate's like, you know what? I don't care about this quarantine thing. I'm going to do whatever I want. And my daughter's like, look, you, you understand that just because, you know, you don't have to worry about school because, you know, school's been, you know, basically postponed or whatever. Colleges and stuff like that have all, you know, shut down their classes or they're doing classes online. She's like, just because you don't have a concern doesn't mean that what you're doing isn't going to affect me because my daughter's job, she's a nanny, she's a full-time nanny, um, is going to greatly be affected um, because, you know, no one's going to want a full-time nanny when she has, you know, coronavirus, right? Yeah. They don't want, you know, they're not going <laughs> to want her. I mean, you know, the, the, the mother, the mother is, 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 you know, somebody who runs the, uh, the dental, surgery wing of the hospital and you're telling me that you know it's like oh yeah no problem i mean she's already at risk she doesn't want to put her kids at risk she has my daughter watching their kids she's working crazy amounts of hours because you know they're trying to divert anybody who has any type of oral you know something that a dental surgeon can deal with they're basically deferring it to a different wing a different part of the hospital or the part of the medical system. And so my daughter's like, dad, I don't know what to do. If this girl, my roommate, if this girl isn't going to take the quarantine seriously and she brings something home and I end up getting it, I'm out of a job. And she's making pretty good money doing mm -hmm. what she's doing, you know, cause I told her, I'm like, just keep working, keep making money, keep, you know, banking that money. And then, you know, she's, she's got her, she's got her EMT under her belt. She wants to start on her paramedicine uh, degree um, and continue that. But I told her, I'm like, you know what? I'm like, I've got a room. You want to come here? Come on over. And so we're going to move her probably this weekend or Monday, I'm thinking. And, and I mean, so this is kind of hitting home here, yeah. right? Yeah. You know, it's not like I'm, it's not like I'm not experiencing some of the difficulties, um, you know, and of course we always have enough food, you know, it's like, I tend to be one of those people that um, always, always, always have, you know, contingencies planned for, you know, it's like, oh, now we've got more people coming over. Yeah, no problem. That's no big deal. Well, I think right. that's one of the things that, that we've all seen with, with this, uh, you know, and, and if say it's a little bit more of a, a, a real a real live dry run you know you know mm -hmm. like um i think we've all seen areas as if if there's nothing else that's good that comes out of this we've all seen where where our defenses are a little bit softer than they should be you know um, you oh know, yeah so, some of us are ready to go some of us are not and and those of us who are not or 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 are not as ready to go as we thought we were 
well, we know, we know what needs to be done. And uh, now it's like, okay, if this is a dry run and we're going to get through this, then the next one, you have no excuse to not be ready for now. You have no excuse. You know, you, you look at the preppers, you know, and, and, you know, I mean, I, I put you in that category too. And uh, there's those out there that think that we're crazy for, for trying to be ready to go. Uh, yeah. Or whatever. And, and if they're being honest and they're looking around and say, this is a test, this is a drill. Um, well, I mean, there's some people who are passing this, this test and others who are not. And uh, the ones who are not need to take a look at the ones who are and go, how do I get to that? How do I get to that level of preparation? And those preppers aren't crazy. Now we can, we know that we can look around and we can go, okay, these guys are not crazy. You know? Yeah. Well, you know, and, and preppers fit in different categories, as yeah, we yeah. talked about. And there's all different right? flavors, right? It's just like, you know, there's many there's yeah. as many different flavors of preppers as there are anarchists, right? Yeah. So, Because you know. there, there are people who are planning for a specific type of event. Yeah. And then there are people who just basically plan for any type of event. Yeah. And, and I kind of fall in that ladder because, to me, it's, it's impossible to predict what type of event can actually be you know the one right the big one if you will mm -hmm. right you know it's like the shtf right you yeah. know to a degree we're actually getting hit with shtf events probably pretty often yeah. and a lot of people are just not reacting to them or they're just not really experiencing that much of a hardship yet yeah. Right. Because, you know, a lot of things are getting deferred. A lot of the, the pain and agony is getting deferred. And so for me, I look at it and say, you know what, it's just better to just pick this lifestyle and, and be, and be flexible. Yeah. You know, flexibility is probably one of the most important things that you can have in your operational plan. Because, if you think that, okay, well, if this happens, then we do this, right? And you're really, really structured and you're really rigid on how that's going to happen. I promise you something's going to happen that you did not anticipate. Always. And, and, and then you'll be like, well, what do we do? What do we do? What do we do? You know, and comms will be interrupted and nobody will be able to talk to each other. And, you know, it's... Um, it's one of those uh, types of deals where you really have to look at it and say, you know, it's better to have a little bit of cover on every single base, right? Every single potential problem, we've got a little bit figured out across all of them. And then we're flexible enough to where we can handle just about any type of situation. And then say, okay, you know, and this is what I've been doing. I've been taking stock all week long. That's, that's literally been my effort this week is I'm taking notes and I'm putting those notes into some type of uh, spreadsheet where I'm saying, okay, you know, this, I was able to handle this, you know, we didn't have enough of this, this, this would have been, this would have taken and tested all of my preparation right here. Right. And so I'm like pinpointing like this type of a situation or that type of situation so that I can better adapt what level of preparations I've made um, for the future. You know, say this doesn't happen. and It's just a big test and say it's just a minor. This could be something minor compared to what, what we have coming. 
I mean, literally, we're talking about how this is the end of the world, but, and we're toasting the collapse, right? Which, by the way, I'm toasting to the collapse right now. <laughs> Tink. <laughs> so, yeah, and, and on that, you know, we, we did, we mentioned that maybe part of the thing is that whatever this, whatever this virus was supposed to be, perhaps it wasn't completed all the way. So let's say the next round that comes through is a, is a, is a fully completed product right? A fully engineered product that's ready to go for, you know, a uh, complete population um, exposure, right? So, I mean, and yeah. maybe, maybe the next one is, maybe it's not, you know, maybe the next, maybe the next part of this is, is a byproduct of the financial collapse. that's associated with this situation, right? We don't know. We don't even know if it's going to be another virus. We don't even know if it's going to, we don't know what the next run is going to be, but I think one of the things that we look, what we all know now is, is, We've had at least a real hard gut check where we go, okay, what this is our level of preparedness, and we're either good to go or we got some work to do, you know? Yeah. 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 Because, you know, what I've been doing is, is I've been trying to, it's kind of funny. Uh, I had a coworker, and I don't, I don't know if I told you this the last time we talked, but I had a coworker. <clears throat> They kind of, they kind of looked at me and, and I could tell they had that look on their face. Like I'm waiting for this other person to leave before I say something to you. So they had that like awkward pause. And as soon as they walked away, they looked at me and they said, you really have to feel vindicated right now. And, uh, and, and I blushed, I actually blushed. I was, I was, I was taken aback because I didn't really know how to answer. You're like, oh, <laughs> yeah, because I mean, at the to a girl, degree, you're so sweet. You're so sweet. I mean, yeah, I didn't know. I like, I mean, because this is not a person that you know I would really consider myself like friends with, right? And so I thought, okay, let me. How do I answer this? And so I, I, I said, I said to him, I said, you know, it's like, first off, I'm like, you know, hold on a second because you know I'm kind of blushing. For a second and 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 two i appreciate that i i do i actually think that that's very kind of you to say i said the truth is is that um this is really a tragedy and um and and i really wish that more people would have been better prepared for something like this you know to see to see the fact that people you know are waiting in lines and and when i say waiting in lines ridiculous lines to get food and they're having to go back to the store two and three and four mm -hmm. times a week and they're they're waiting in lines and they can only get two of this or one of those and, and different things like that you know what this is this is this is an indication that people did not have enough food put back like the actual fema recommends like if you go on a fema website and it, probably you can't find it now but if you had gone onto the fema website before all of this happened the fema would have said you need to have at least two to three weeks worth of food in stock all the time like and and they they actually list you know water food toilet paper you know personal hygiene items i if mean I, they go into I, a long list of things if i was in the business of uh creating uh, weaponized bioweapons or, or uh, any kind of virus like that, 
I would go and plant it at stores at like places like Costco and Safeway and, and Kroger's and, and all those places so that whenever they're waiting in those lines to go get that one roll of toilet paper they need for that six pack of, of Pepsi or whatever, whatever it is they're buying. That way you can get maximum, maximum exposure to it. So it would, you know, disperse among the, I'm just saying like, you already got to go and wait in lines if you're not prepared. I mean, if you're thinking outside the box, if you want to get more yeah. people infected, that'd be a good way to do it. Yeah. Well, and they don't really have to work that hard at it because, you know, my understanding is, is that, that this is uh, really contagious, really contagious. And uh, they say it's about 20 times more contagious than things like the avian flu and, um, and, and some of the other, you know, like swine flu you know, and different things that we actually were really concerned about, you know, fifth, you know, seven, eight years ago. And so if you, if you, if you think about that, people are the, are the delivery system. Yeah. And New York Germ city. Containers. <laughs> yeah. I, I, you know, and, and this is the other thing is I'm hearing two different, uh, bizarre ends of the same story which is hospitals are empty dude nobody's even being seen and i'm like what and they're like yeah there's there's not even anybody in the hospitals like they're empty and i think there was this uh hashtag uh film your hospital or something like that hmm. uh today that was going on and i i don't know if alex jones was part of that or not but I mean, I, I, so I don't know what to believe, you know, and sometimes the safest thing is to say, and I, I hate to take the easy road out here, but sometimes the safest thing to say is, is I don't really know which, which version is true, but, but I have to investigate both because I, I don't want to assume that one is always true. Right. And so it, it's um, it's a constant analysis of what is occurring. You know, it's like we had talked about the OODA loop, right? The uh, the observe, orient, decide, act, right? Yeah. So if you think about it, you have to observe, then you have to orient, you know, then you have to decide, then you have to act based on every little bit of information. And when you get conflicting information, then you have to decide, okay, what do I do with the conflicting information? Well, for what it's worth, all of my VA appointments were canceled. That was like four of them out, out like yeah. pushed out to the right for a couple of months. So yeah, there, there's I've that. Got, wait, you're, yeah, wait your, your government healthcare is, is pushed out months and months and months because of this. <laughs> wait, don't tell anybody that they, that's supposed to be really good stuff, dude. Well, uh, Due to the pandemic that we are <laughs> currently experiencing, I'm just I'm just pulling your leg back. I know, and that's I know. not that's not next, that's not even a shot at you. That's just a that's just a a stab at another topic of discussion. You yeah. Know? How how's your VA appointments going, bro? Bro, I don't I haven't gone in forever. I don't even I don't even mess with those guys. I was going uh, about a year about a year ago. No, not even a year, because I have a couple different things I, I have to be seen for. Um, and what I like is that uh, recently the VA sends me to uh, commercial, um, you know, civilian 
uh, care for yeah. several different things. And, and that is actually a relief because they're a lot more flexible. It's a lot better. A lot easier. You go out in yeah. town, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Civilian healthcare is a heck of a lot better than having to deal with the, uh, with the VA. Um, and, and it, it, you know, the VA is filled with people who care and who actually genuinely are trying to help um, veterans. There's no question about that. It doesn't mean that all of them are, but I, I really do believe that uh, there's a good percentage of people that really do care. Um, the truth of the matter is, is, you know, we keep getting back to, you know, central planning fails. You know, it, it's, uh, it, it's, you can't solve everybody's problems with just one centralized effort. And, and I think, I, I don't want to, you know, we're, we're getting, we're getting pretty far off of the topic, but I think like the thing is with regard to that, I wish more people who thought, who think about a government planned healthcare system would just talk to more veterans, man. Just, you know, just talk to more people who have to deal with the VA and you're, and you know, you're absolutely right where the people who are on the ground working with us, the vets, they want to help. They want to be part of the solution. And you're, and you're absolutely right. They go, you go up line in, into the bureaucracy and the central planning just fails. And anybody who's, who's been to a VA hospital for any significant ailment, um, I, I, I got to believe that they're not going to be a, a major proponent of, of a centrally planned medical system. Um, you know, like Obamacare or anything else, I guess, if you want to expand that, expand that out to single payer or whatever else. But, I, you know, I mean, we're, we're kind of off topic, but, you know, I didn't mean to, I didn't mean to completely derail the conversation well, with, yeah, that, yeah, with right. that shot at, with that shot. In, at in, in, defense, in defense to whatever, um, it, the VA has gotten better over the past five, six, seven years as it was, you know, like it was prior. It, mm -hmm. At least now you can get seen. Except for a pandemic that <laughs> well, how many vets had to die, right? You remember that? Yeah. What the big driving point to, to to fixing the VA was? We we had reports of you know veterans dying on a waiting list to be seen. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. and and that so okay, so they got better. So they're you know, I'm not saying the vets aren't dying still, but I mean, um, okay, so not as many, I guess. You know, I mean, how do you? Okay, touche. You got me there. <laughs> I'm just saying. <laughs> From my personal experience, it did improve, but now we have COVID-19, so, okay. Q yeah. in. I die. <laughs> I'm sorry. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> I didn't mean to hijack that, dude. So, you it's guys, right. my, my mic, I keep muting, I keep muting my mic, um, and that's because with, uh, with the, the, the schools being on shutdown, I got three kids doing homeschool stuff, and and I can't play around with my buddies on the interweb doing a podcast and, and tell my children to be silent. That just isn't, that isn't realistic. So if, if I cut out or you hear me laughing or you hear me say something and then I hit my mute and it, and it seems like it's short, it's because I'm muting my mic in between if I'm not talking. Okay. That's no problem. Um, so uh, I think we kind of come to an agreement on the, the VA and the nationalized uh, types of healthcare. I think that um, one of the things that's interesting is, is that, you know, it's always the, the left that wants to push the nationalized healthcare and the uh, socialist style of uh, healthcare. 
And it's ironic also because the left is never the one that actually wants to talk to people like you or I. They don't. They want to discount everything that we want to have to say. Anything that you have an opinion on, well, you're just a stupid grunt and you don't know anything. Well, we're peasants, I, man. We're peasants. Yeah, we're yeah because we're, brought, we're taken from the bottom rung of the ladder. Yeah, yeah. You know, as far as they're concerned. Well, I, I had a conversation with a guy uh, at work recently, um, kind of about this whole coronavirus thing, and and he jokingly, I, I was we were, we were taking shots at at uh, at Bernie Sanders and his and his and his policies, and and he and he not so jokingly said, well, look, they're implementing all of his policies now; they must be great. And uh, you know, I just I had we we went down this road round and round and. Eventually, he just says, well, I guess the difference between me and you is I want to help people, right? And uh, I just kind of had to I had to explain to him that we all want to help people. We're all charitable. It's just it's a, um, it's a different philosophy. And, and, and by, by talking like that, you shut down any discussion because now you're, now you're attacking somebody's character, right, instead of attacking the policies or, 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 or the belief, uh, uh, the philosophy, so to speak, you know? Yeah. Well, and there's that too, because remember that, uh, you know, the left is going to be predominantly um, ad hominem attacks because you, know, you have to attack the person that comes directly from Alinsky. It, yeah. you know, it's, it's not, it's yeah. not, it's not a characteristically left thing. It's just simply because they're following the playbook and the playbook says that they have to attack the person because if they if they actually were to attack the argument, they would fail on the logic scale. Yeah, I agree. I agree. So so what? How how are we doing uh, with regard to this this, uh, this 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 topic? This collapse. This collapse. This <laughs> this. What is it? What are, we, what are we calling this? The April Fool's it's, collapse episode. Yeah, it's <laughs> collapsitarian April Fools, right? Oh, that's funny. <laughs> gotcha. April Fools. April Fools. <laughs> Dude, how would how would it be if they just came out on the TV today and just said, Hey, hey. Gotcha. Yeah. <laughs> and they just, they yeah. just Okay, everybody go back to work tomorrow. Sorry. <laughs> all, all you retarded sea monkeys. All you kids go back to school. Sorry. Yeah. You know, I, I'm curious. Um you know, if, if you guys are uh, teleworking or not, or if you're uh, in the office, are you guys going to the office or what are you doing? So what I've done is, uh, without giving too much detail in, my, in, 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 you know, I work in the, I work in the marine repair industry and uh -huh. uh, what I've done, I work in you know, kind of a project management field. What we've done with our project management team is we've split our team up into twos, right? We still got a, we got a, a team one and a team two. And, and so that way, if anybody is, is infected, it only affects like, you, you know, we, we work pretty closely. So sometimes it's very difficult to maintain that six foot perimeter that we're supposed to maintain. So, um, mm -hmm. we've, 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 we're working on the job on site, but we're, we're splitting it between each, between these two teams. So we're doing like, uh, half the days, twice as many, twice as many hours, you know, while we're there, so to speak. So, okay. All right. Yeah, I'm I'm still on the regular old nine to five, so to speak. So 
um, not much has changed with me. Surprisingly, uh, I, I thought by this, at this point, we would have all been sent home. Um, there are portions of our teams and, and where I work that are teleworking, but due to the nature of what I do, um, I'm the lucky buddy. I'm the lucky guy that gets to go and stay, stay to, so I can be part of the experiment. <laughs> yeah. So I, I've been the um, experiment. About a, yeah. I'm not. I'm not quite two weeks. Two weeks into teleworking. Um, I'm. I'm about about a week and a half. Um, and and what I what I found is teleworking is a hell of a lot harder than just going to work every day. <laughs> it is. I can see that. Yeah. And, and, and what I mean by that is you're constantly spending all of this time trying to reestablish, you know, some level of connectivity mm -hmm. with, uh, with work that uh, for whatever reason, no explanation just dropped off. It's not working. Yeah. You know, and, and of course you've got your regular, you know, Hey, we need you to check in, you know, kind of times and stuff like that. But, but today the message went out because before we were like mission essential, you know, only kind of deal. So like just yeah. the general, you know, like the green suitors and guys like that were all, you know, basically in, in, in contractors and, and, and civilians were, and anybody who was considered high risk. Right. So like, anybody who had um you know uh like medical you know basically if you were pre um dispositioned maybe is the word i'm looking for like if you high, if you were risk, like a high risk you, status yeah yeah if you were high risk then they didn't want you like in at all and then if you were younger and you didn't have like some of the medical conditions that they were concerned about, then, you know, you could come in like maybe two or three days a week and stuff like that. And that only lasted a couple of days. And then next thing you know, they're like, okay. And then today they're just like, okay, nobody, nobody, nobody goes in. The only people we want in are like the, the system administrators, you know, people who are working network issues and stuff like that. And everybody else we want, um, you know, basically working, working from home and, um, and it's actually harder. I'm not going to lie. It's, it's harder because, yeah. you know, in the course of your day, well, you have all those distractions at home. I mean, it's your home. It's yes. where you want you, where you want to be. You go to work to kind of get the work done and then get out of there. And then, but when you yeah. come home, you're home and it's where you want to be. And there's all the stuff you like to do. And, and I can honestly say that, you know, like, because, you know, today's the first day I've had bourbon in 90 days. You know, it's not like I've been sitting at home, you know, like, you know, sipping bourbon every day. You know, like, okay, yep, oh, all right, I got this done. Yep, I got that done, you know, kind of thing. But, I mean, I've actually been trying to get, you know, stuff done and things like that because, yeah. you know, you, you look at it and you think, okay, yeah, at some point we're all going to be back in an office and people are going to be like, well, what the hell did you do while you were gone? You know, nobody wants to be able to say, you know, nobody wants to be the one to say, um, yeah, I'm not, not that much. I'm too proud. <laughs> yeah. That's what it is. Yeah, yeah. I'm too proud to say, you know, that I'm not going to try to get something done. So, you know, because my word means something, you know, if I'm putting that I'm getting work done, that means that I'm getting work done. And so it's frustrating 
because then it's like, yeah, but I've got this other thing I want to do too. And so I, you know, being the ADHD person that I am, I'm like, okay, I'm going to do a little bit here and I'm going to do a little bit there. And what I found was if I got, if I put everything on my, um, on like alarms, right? So I have like alarms to tell me, okay, you need to do this. Okay, you need to do this. If I did that, then at least then I wouldn't lose track of time. Because, you know, time is not really my friend. As an ADHD person, it's really easy to lose track of time. Oh, yeah. And so I'm constantly, you know, okay, do I have, do I have this done? Do I have that done? Do I have this done? And, and in the meantime, you know, I think I mentioned to you guys that I was, I decided that I was going to redo, you know, and reorganize, you know, my gun room and all my gear. And, and when I say all my gear, you guys really have no idea, like what I'm talking about. Like I could fill a garage top to bottom with all the crap that I have collected over the 20 some odd years, 30 some odd years that I've been doing this. And so it's uh it's kind of difficult but at the same time it's it's also satisfying because i get some work done i go and i get some other work done and then i go yeah. get some work done and then i go get some other work done and so like my wife is just like um do you just want to like relax tonight and sit and no, i'm like no man i'm i'm like totally pumped i've been getting all this stuff done i want to keep working you know so, she, so she's having to sit and watch star trek because you know that's like she will pick certain shows that I will watch that um, that she is like, eh, you know. So she'll pick the shows that I won't, that I'm not interested in. And unfortunately, I know people are gonna hate me for this, but Star Trek is not one of them. And so, <laughs> she, so she's going through all the Star Trek series because I'm not around to actually watch them. And uh, and then lately, I've been doing a lot of podcasts, so there's that too. Yeah, it's cool, man. Hey, uh, I gotta, I gotta tell you, we're, I'm, I'm running, I'm running short on time. I gotta, um, we gotta kind of draw this to a close. But I think Gumbo had another question that he needed to ask. Yes. Yeah. So, so there's a question for all three of us from a okay. follower and a listener on Twitter at Bojack the Tavern Keeper at S C R five L. So that's Bojack. Ah. The yeah, and okay. he's asking. What is y'all's favorite dinosaur collectively? To clarify, as a group of you had to decide on one dinosaur being the best, which would it be? <laughs> April Fools! No, that's a real question, but. <laughs> I did see that. And it's I, funny that you bring that up because I already was calculating in my head which dinosaur was my favorite. Mm -hmm. And I was, I was, uh, was going to be interested to see what your guys' uh, favorites were. We'll let Q go first. I, uh, dude, I don't know. I I'll pick one. Well, so I, I always thought the pterodactyls were kind of cool, man. Like, it's kind of cool. They, it's like a, a, a flying lizard. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know. How do they sound? I don't. What? Yeah. How I, do I they don't. sound? <laughs> I'm not, I'm not doing, it, we're not doing let sounds on this show. Let, man. let me hear your pterodactyl sound. I don't. <laughs> we're not. We're not doing. We're, we're not doing sounds. Man. We're we're not at that point in our relationship. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that that was like the early kiss. I'm sorry. I shouldn't have went in that quick. Sorry. <laughs> You're so stupid, dude. Yes, I am. <laughs> 
All right. Uh, so, I, so, I'm ter- ter- so I'm pterodactyl. Whatever okay. you guys got next. Do you want to go next, uh, Clepsitarian, or do you want me to go? Sure. Sure. I, I already have my answer. So Okay. I am a fan of the Triceratops. Okay. Now, cool let me one. tell you why. I kind of consider the Triceratops or the Stegosaurus, you know, because they're pretty much the same. The reason why I like them is because they're defensive animals like the porcupine. All right. I like that too. That's, That's good. good. Yeah. Sounds like somebody was doing their research behind it's the like, scene. It's <laughs> like they just want to be left alone or something. Yeah. <laughs> but I okay. don't think I would want to with one. No, no, no. We're going to have to beat that out. Oh, sorry. Oh. So I, I guess... Uh, <laughs> I guess I'm last, so my favorite dinosaur is going to be a mastodon, which is the big furry elephant thing with the tusk. Is that a dinosaur? Yes, I looked it up. It is, I think. But anyway, the reason why I, cho- but I, the reason why I choose that one is because there's a band called Mastodon that I've, I've, I've liked for many, many years. You know, I used to listen to them when we was on deployment and blah, blah, blah. But yeah, no better reason than Mastodon's cool because that band's cool to me. So there you go. I've heard the band. You guys are something else. <laughs> yeah, no, because I listen to metal. So Okay. Well, then I, you should I, like Mastodon. Go listen to yeah. it. Yeah. I know, I do. I do. Um, yeah, I think I just, I entered into the philosophic answer instead of just the, uh, the gut answer. Yeah, well, I'm, I'm kind of dumb, so. <laughs> <laughs> We're not judging. We're not. Yeah. I know, We're and I appreciate that. That's why I love you guys. <laughs> well, hey, is there uh, any any other parting shots we need to get out before we close the show? Because I'm I am up against it. I got I got to call this done. What do you guys think is going to happen in the next week? Ah, dude, I I don't even know. Um, so out here in Honolulu, we've already got the got got people uh, being arrested for violating the the uh, the stay at home order. Um, I've got papers as a uh, as a an essential you know worker or whatever, right? So I've got my papers. So whenever I get pulled over and they they ask papers, please, I'll go ahead and show them the, the papers. But um, yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what to th- I don't. I I didn't see it going. I don't. Even you didn't know. think it was going to be this bad. I didn't think it was going to be this bad, and 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 how lightning fast everything changed for us. I actually thought it was going to be worse. You did, okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. What do you think? What do you think it's going to be like in a week? I, I mean, I I think we're we're going to be um, more of the same. We're going to see more restrictions. Um, as long as for us out here, as long as that port stays open, uh, you know that's our lifeblood, right? So. You know, Honolulu Harbor stays open. We keep getting, we keep getting, uh, keep getting the goods and stuff that we need. Um, yeah, that's important for you because yeah, yeah. there's certain things that you can't live without yeah. Uh, imported. Yeah, we're gonna be wiping our butts with palm leaves here pretty soon. <laughs> Which so. isn't so bad if you're camping. And that's all. <laughs> I- because that's all you have. So, <laughs> so, so for people who are short toilet paper. This this actually came in today. Uh, one of my uh, one of my uh, one of my office managers actually just mentioned this to me. He said, "You know, there's really only 
one sheet of MRE toilet paper that you need per time you have to go to the bathroom. And I was like, what, really? He's like, yeah. He's like, what you're supposed to do is you're supposed to tear off a corner of one sheet. <laughs> I've heard this, dude. I've heard this. Right? Oh, that's and, so gross. I know where you're going. And, go ahead. Keep going. And you're supposed to poke your finger through the center of the sheet of toilet paper. And then when you, when you go to wipe, you're supposed to use just your finger to clean your butthole. Then you use the little bit of toilet paper around your finger to wipe off your finger. And then that little piece that you tore off on the corner, that's the clean from underneath your fingernail. Dude, that's so gross, dude. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's so gross. So that's what it's going to be like. Is that going to be like what we're doing in a week from now? Maybe. No, I doubt it. I doubt it's going to be like that in a week. Um, but I, I do think, I do think that, uh, you know, the Boog boys are really, really itchy right now. They're yeah. really, really itchy. And I know, but dude, that, I, I think, like, I, is that a road we want to be on? I know we, we all, listen, we all talk about, we all talk about the Boog. I don't think and, so. and it's funny and it is, and we all have these side quests and it's fun to joke about on social media, but Man, do we really want to go go down that road? It's such a bad idea right now. I don't know. I, don't know. I think it's a bad idea right now. And and the main reason I that idea is simply because we don't really know what is around the corner. You know, right now, the efforts that the government is, none of those are designed to, to disarm the people. And so I'm kind of operating on a good faith uh, belief that right now the government is probably really trying to mitigate this disaster as best as they can. Not make it worse, not, not take advantage of it. Um, I understand the whole violation of, you know, the Fourth Amendment or the Fifth Amendment yeah yeah whoops sorry about that good okay so what did i miss um what did i leave off on it's my steel door my steel door um started to get me that little waiting signal okay um anyway um <clears throat> i think that right now where we're at is that the government is trying to operate in under a good faith in the fact that they're trying to mitigate the uh, the disaster as best as they can. Um, good, bad, or indifferent. We all know how inefficient government is, right? That's not a big secret yeah. for anyone. Um, but at the same time, I think that we need to try to operate within that good faith of the fact that um, as so long as they're not trying to do anything that violates the Second Amendment, and from what I see, they're, they're basically saying, look, ranges are mission essential, so leave them open. Which, to me, that kind of goes the opposite of them trying to, you know, uh, minimize the Second Amendment as much as possible. And so I kind of see it as it's possible that the, um, it's possible that, 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 
that it that, that things may not be going in the direction that the boot boys are thinking maybe thinking that it is and and i could be wrong but i i'm i'm trying to operate under that good faith you know mindset that uh that that it's not time yet got it yeah yeah so gumbo you didn't say where you're going to be where are we going to be in a week uh a combination of the two of you guys um more of the same maybe more restrictions you know uh limiting people's uh civil rights but or it could be a spontaneous ramp up boom all of a sudden so maybe that yeah okay well, it's probably we... not it's probably not wrong to prepare for one and hope for the other true well, that's the that's the art, right? The art is to be prepared for everything, and then uh, yeah. you know, and then and then and then hope for the best case. But hey, I think I think we said what we need what we needed to say. But um, if there's nothing else from anybody else, I'll go ahead and uh, and close this. What do you think? Good. So, all righty, I'm gonna go ahead and end the recording here. Hey, thanks so much, guys, and 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 I and and Collapsitarian Fifteen. I thank you so much for coming on out. Oh, I appreciate it. I'm glad we were able to do this. Me too. Hey, you got anything you want to plug? You got any anything you want to you want to shout out? No, I think I said it all. Right on, buddy. Okay. Thank you. Hey, thanks everybody for listening to the show. If you'd like to follow us on Twitter, I'm at Q underscore abolitionist. My co-host is at Crypto Gumbo, and our show page is at Unshackled underscore L. Uh, if you like the content that we're creating and would like to help us make more, you can support us at anchor.fm slash unshackledliberty or patreon.com slash unshackledliberty. Thank you for your time. Every little bit helps. And remember, freedom does not require permission. Thank you.